In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. We'll continue our Bible study from the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 1. The first part from chapter 1 is about the Annunciation of Archangel Gabriel to Zechariah regarding the birth of John the Baptist. Then the second part is actually the Annunciation of Archangel Gabriel to Saint Mary, the Mother of God, regarding the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. And at the end of the Annunciation, uh, Archangel Gabriel said to Saint Mary in verse 36, Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. So he informed St. Mary that Elizabeth, her cousin, is pregnant in six months now. So John the Baptist actually is older than the Lord Jesus Christ by six months. Uh, so in response to this, as we read in verse 39, now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah. So after the angel's visit, St. Mary immediately set out to make the seven to, day, seven to eight days journey. Let me give you an idea about the geography. The Israel is divided into three parts. The north part is called Galilee. The middle part is Samaria. The south is Judea, where Jerusalem is. St. Mary was living in Nazareth of Galilee, in the north. And Archangel Gabriel appeared to her in Nazareth. The Elizabeth and Zechariah were living in the south, in Judea. So St. Mary once heard from Archangel Gabriel, so she uh, traveled all the way from Nazareth in Galilee to the hill country of Judea and the town of her cousin Elizabeth. This journey, at that time, it took about seven to eight days to a city of Judah. The Bible didn't tell us what is the name of this city, but city in Judea. So the description here is too vague to be identified with any certainty which city. But as we know from the Old Testament, they used to assign certain cities to the priests within the limit of the tribe of Judah. So most probably this city was, was one of those assigned cities to the priest, because Zechariah was a priest, within the limits of the tribe of Judah. Verse 40, And entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. So the salutation 
of the saints and those of the ungodly are altogether different. As we see here, the salutation or the greeting between St. Mary and Elizabeth was holy, ungodly, full of peace and respect. But the ungodly greet one another totally differently. Verse 41, And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, that the babe, John the Baptist, leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. So, the greeting of Saint Mary caused the leaping of the babe in the womb of Elizabeth. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit So Elizabeth, through the Holy Spirit, recognized the cause of leaping. It was not a regular motion of a baby in in the womb of his mother. The motion of the child in the womb of the mother was more than the ordinary motion. That's why in verse 42, then she, Elizabeth, spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. So, by the Holy Spirit, she knew that Mary also is pregnant. That's why she told her, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Uh, So, doubtless, at this motion of the babe inside the womb of Elizabeth was more than ordinary, So, it had more than ordinary cause. She realized it. This is not an ordinary motion. So, there is actually a supernatural cause. And and being caused from the Holy Spirit of God, so, and, and the Holy Spirit is the best interpreter. That's why St. Mary, what? Sorry, St. Elizabeth, what she uttered to St. Mary was the words of the Holy Spirit on her mouth. What Elizabeth said to Mary was not her own words, but the words of the Holy Spirit on her mouth. And this is very important, because when Mary, when Elizabeth called St. Mary mother of God or mother of Lord, these are not the words of Elizabeth. So the Holy Spirit called Saint Mary the mother of the Lord on the mouth of Elizabeth. And this is the doctrine of Theotokos. Theotokos means mother of God. So when we call Saint Mary the mother of God, it's not our own uh, terminology. That actually what the Holy Spirit uttered on the mouth of Elizabeth regarding St. Mary, Mother of God. St. Ambrose says, Elizabeth was the first to hear St. Mary's voice, but John was the first to be affected by the blessing. 
Elizabeth heard the voice. But who leaped? Who was first affected? John the Baptist. Elizabeth knew of St. Mary's coming. But John felt the presence of Christ in the womb of St. Mary. That's why she told her, Blessed is the fruit of your womb. St. Cyril of Jerusalem said, When John was filled with the Holy Spirit, because Archangel Gabriel said to Zechariah about John the Baptist, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit from the womb of his mother. So St. John the Baptist was filled by the Holy Spirit in the womb of Elizabeth. So St. Cyril of Jerusalem is saying, when John was filled with the Holy Spirit, he became sanctified, he became consecrated when he's still, still in his mother's womb. Consecrated, why? So he could baptize the Lord. So he was consecrated as priest to baptize the Lord. When we greet, when we give incense to the icon of St. John the Baptist, we say, Hail to you, the priest, the son of the priest. Because he's a priest, the son of a priest, son of Zechariah. Elizabeth, as we read in verse 42, she spoke out with a loud voice, with a loud voice. She spoke with great intensity of soul and strength of affection being under a very powerful impression of the Spirit of God. So the Holy Spirit moved to her. So when she spoke, she spoke with great, a loud voice in, in, in a zealous way. And Elizabeth actually used the same words to St. Mary, which Archangel Gabriel had used for her. If we go to verse 28, Archangel Gabriel said to her, Rejoice, O full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. If you go to verse 42, she said, Blessed are you among women. So the same words, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Why? Archangel Gabriel carried message from God to Mary. And Elizabeth was speaking by God, the Holy Spirit, to Mary. That's why no wonder these are the exact same words. So, St. Mary here is the one whom God has greatly favored and exceedingly blessed and made happy by choosing to incarnate from her. Some scholars and church fathers, actually, both ancient and modern, have seen similarity of Elizabeth's question in verse 43 and King David's question when the Ark of Covenant came to David. In verse verse 43, Elizabeth asked this question. Why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As if she is saying, I am unworthy 
How this is granted to me? Who am I that the mother of my Lord come to me? I want you to think here, Mary was about 15, 16 years old. Elizabeth was an old lady, maybe in, in her late 80s or 90s. But by the Holy Spirit, she recognizes that this little girl is highly exalted. And Elizabeth said, I am not worthy that the mother of my Lord should come to me. These are exactly the same words that David said about the Ark of Covenant. How can the Ark of, of the Lord come to me? You can read it in 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 9. So the church fathers, they said, Mary is the Ark of Covenant. The Ark of Covenant carried three things. The manna pot, the Aaron's rod, and the two tablets of the covenant, Ten Commandments. The two tablets represent Jesus, the Word of God. He is the Logos. The manna, he is the bread of life. The uh, Aaron's rod that blossomed without being watered is like Jesus Christ who was born from Mary without the seed of man. So Mary actually represents the Ark of Covenant. And as Elizabeth said, how this is granted to me that the mother of my Lord come to me, David said, how can the Ark of the Lord come to me? Also, John the Baptist, what did he do in front of the Ark of Covenant? He leaped, he danced in the womb of Elizabeth before Mary, the Ark of Covenant. What David did before the Ark of Covenant? He danced. So here, made actually, the church fathers made a connection between the Ark of Covenant and St. Mary. Not only that, but also uh, yeah, Mary and the Ark of Covenant are the dwelling place of the Lord. And also, God actually used to appear on the cover of the Ark of Covenant. Between the two cherubims that were covering the cover, God used to appear. So, Mary became the dwelling place of God, and the Ark of Covenant is the dwelling place of God. Also, if we go to just quickly to verse 56. And Mary remained with her about three months. Mary remained with Elizabeth three months and returned to her house. Uh, also, uh, as Mary stayed three months, the Ark of Covenant stayed in Judea in the house of Obed Adom, three months, as you read in 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 11. So as Mary stayed three months in Judea, the Ark of Covenant also stayed in Judea for three months. 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 11. When Mary, sorry, when Elizabeth said, how this is granted to me, that the mother of my Lord Mother of my Lord. These words actually 
acknowledge both the incarnation of Christ <coughs> and the union of the divine and human nature in one person of our Lord Jesus Christ, the mediator, the God-man. How? She said, my Lord, mother of my Lord. So the Lord became a child in the womb or baby in the womb of St. Mary. That is the incarnation. And by calling this baby my Lord, then actually the divinity and the humanity are united together in the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. And Elizabeth here acknowledged Jesus Christ as her Lord. And Mary as the mother of her Lord, mother of the Lord. And she confirmed this confession in verse 44. She said, For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb with for joy. So Mary Elizabeth was able to connect between the leaping of the deep with the incarnation of the Son of God in the womb of St. Mary. Uh, so she mentioned this as the signal by which she knew for sure that Mary is the mother of her Lord. Uh, she knew this from this unusual and extraordinary motion of the child that she felt within her womb. As you know, in the uh, Ecumenical Council of Ephesus, there was a debate. Should we call Mary mother of Jesus or mother of God? Because Nestorius saying Mary gave born to a human being. Then, after he was born as human being, the divinity dwelt on this child. That is the heresy of Nestorius. And the church excommunicated him. So Nestorius was saying, we can call Mary the mother of Jesus. But we cannot call her mother of God. But one of the verses that in, in the Ecumenical Council of Ephesus used to confirm the dogma of Theotokos, mother of God, was the statement of Elizabeth that she uttered by the Holy Spirit that Mary is not only the mother of Jesus, but mother of God. Then she told her in verse 45, Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. So she told her, Blessed are you because you believed. You believed that you are going to give birth to a child even without the seed of man. Uh, so the words are sent certainly a great confirmation of what the angel had told her. What the angel told Mary, so the words of Elizabeth by the Holy Spirit is a confirmation 
of what Archangel Gabriel said to Saint Mary. And I want here just to reflect on what is the feeling of these two women. One found herself the chosen out of all the thousands of Israel after so many centuries of weary waiting to be the mother of God, to be the mother of the Messiah. This little girl, God chose her, as we say in Wednesday Theotokia, the father looked from heaven and he did not find anyone like you. And the other lady, after any reasonable hope of any offspring had faded away, there are two obstacles for Elizabeth. By nature, or medically, she was barren, and now she is old in age. So any hope, natural hope, to have a child is gone. But now she is the mother of the Messiah's chosen friend, the forerunner of the king, the one who came to prepare the way for the Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the prophet had written. What kind of meeting? What are the feelings of these two ladies talking to each other? How Mary responded to the praise of Elizabeth when she told her, Blessed are you among women, blessed is she who believed, etc. Mary gave glory to God. That's her response. That's the response of godly people. When they receive praise, we know we are not worthy of this praise, so we give glory to God. That's why Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. And this praise, because it starts by magnifies, we call it the magnificent, the praise of Saint Mary. My soul magnifies the Lord. So the response of Saint Mary to Elizabeth's exclamation of praise for Mary's belief and the honor which God has shown her is a hymn of praise. A hymn of praise. Uh, but we, 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 before we start reflecting on the, the, the praise of St. Mary here, uh, we, just I want to, to, to reflect on the differences of the behavior between Mary and Elizabeth. Why I want to reflect on, on, on difference in behavior? The Holy Spirit, when actually moves any one of us, it doesn't have to be identical. So here with Mary, with Elizabeth, we see this old lady excited with joy, uh, speaking with a loud voice, uh, she is full of, of uh, joy that's expressed outwardly. But we see Mary full with inner deep peace and speaking with calmness and quietness. So what I'm trying to say, there is no stereotype for how the Holy Spirit moves us. The Holy Spirit can move each one of us differently. The way he moved Peter was different than the way he moved John, the beloved. So here, Elizabeth, 
was full of a new, strange, extreme joy. Her salutation was full of excitement. She was filled with the Holy Spirit. But Mary, on the other hand, uh, from the moment of Annunciation and her own meek, faithful acceptance of the Lord's purpose, she also was filled with the Holy Spirit. But her hymn uh, breathed a feeling of deep inward peace. Quiet, calm, meek, uh, not uh, loud like, uh, loud in a good way, like, like Elizabeth. Elizabeth's inspiration seems to have been momentary. She, she became excited with the visit of St. Mary, but the peace and the quietness and calmness of St. Mary was permanent. She said, my soul magnifies the Lord. Magnifying God is not by making him great, for he cannot be made greater than he is. Actually, he magnifies us, but we cannot magnify him. But what did St. Mary mean by saying, my soul magnifies the Lord? It is declaring and showing forth his greatness and attributing greatness to him, praising him, and also declaring and speaking well of his many and mighty works of power, goodness, grace, mercy, giving him glory. So, my soul magnifies means I am declaring to the whole world how great the Lord is. My soul magnifies the Lord, 47, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. Uh, although there is difference between soul and spirit, but many times in the scripture, they are used interchangeably. For example, when we read in the letter of St. Peter that eight souls were saved in the ark of Noah. We know that not only the soul was saved, but the whole human being was saved. But we read eight souls. So many times the scripture the word the soul can refer to the soul only or can refer to the spirit or can refer to the whole person. So here in this verse, the soul and spirit, here these two words signifying the same thing and importing that Mary is glorifying God heartily with her soul with her whole soul, with her whole being, mentally, heart, uh, uh, psychologically, from her heart, from her soul. So St. Mary did not in lip and word only, she magnified God, but with her whole heart and soul, and with all the powers and faculties, her entire inner person is actively engaged in giving glory to God for what he has done. And St. Mary is teaching all of us a lesson here. That praising God 
with our lips only is of no significance without conjunction of heart with the tongue. Yes, I praise God with my tongue, but I praise Him also with my heart. So, she said, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. And the word my Savior is very important. Why? She knew herself to be a sinner, born with the original sin, and needed a Savior. Not like our brethren, the Catholic, when they say Mary was born without the original sin, the dogma of the Immaculate Conception. But here, St. Mary is calling God my Savior. She needs salvation like any other human being. He came, the Lord Jesus Christ, to save people from sin and death. So the Lord had redeemed the soul of St. Mary also and has given her the eternal life. That's why she is rejoiced. My, my, my spirit rejoices in the Lord, my Savior. So she rejoiced for that. And especially for his mercy in honoring her to be the mother of God. Verse 48. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth, all generations will call me blessed. So, why God chose Saint Mary? Because of her humbleness. He regarded the lowly state of his maid servant. Think that if, if Saint Mary is an arrogant person or prideful, she would not handle the divine uh, pregnancy in, in, in the right way at all. So God actually wants a very humble, a very humble woman to be his mother. I had a sermon about St. Mary that she never made a choice in her life. She never made a choice. Can you imagine a person lives all his life making not one single choice for himself or herself. She did not choose to be presented to the temple. She did not choose Joseph to be her fiancé. She did not choose to be pregnant with the, with the Son of God. She did not choose to go to Egypt. She did not choose, actually, even at the end of her uh, uh, the life of our Lord Jesus Christ during his crucifixion to live with John the, Baptist, uh, John the Beloved. Even God told her, the Lord Jesus Christ, this is your son, he is, she is your mother. Lived all her life. It is impossible for anyone to live this way if he is not humble. So that's why God chose her. <coughs> Uh, she declares that because of God's divine plan for her life and her willingness to submit to that plan, all generations will call her blessed. So why all generations will call her blessed? 
Because God chose her, honored her, and she accepted and submitted completely, denied her will completely, and accepted the plan of God. <coughs> and this is actually like a prophecy. St. Mary here uttered a prophecy of future generations and uh, her relationship with all future generations. And this prophecy was uttered by the Holy Spirit. So like our brethren, the Protestant, who deny actually to honor St. Mary, here St. Mary herself said, being filled with the Holy Spirit, all generations will call me blessed. So it is our obligation actually to honor and venerate St. Mary. Verse 49. <clears throat> for he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. We notice in this verse and in the whole song how St. Mary attributes all to God and ascribes nothing to herself or any merits of her own. So she did not say, God chose me because uh, I am good. Or No, she did not attribute anything. She said, for he who is mighty has done great things for me. So anything in me, it's because of him. And holy is his name. <clears throat> in verse 50, and his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. So we can see here she called God mighty, holy, merciful. So in these two verses, St. Mary gives three attributes to God. His might, holiness, and mercy. Because of his might, he has done great things, done wonders, miracles, science. God fills her with his goodness. That's why she empties herself to him in praises in return. Understanding or acknowledging the great things, now she empties herself in praise to God and sinking into her own nothingness. She knows that she is nothing. And she confesses that God alone is all in all. He is the source of everything good in her life. Then she said, his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. His mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. The fear of God we, repeat the, we read this word repeatedly in the scripture. So, the fear of God here is not the submissive fear, the fear of the slaves, but it is the reverence, the respect toward God in recognizing his sovereignty. Uh, so, St. Mary celebrated God for his might, for his holiness, for his glory, for his majesty. Now she is 
magnifying him for his mercy, which actually extends to all from generation to generation. It is not for a certain people and not in a certain time, but generation to generation everywhere. And we can notice here how the praise of St. Mary started by praising God for what he had done to her personally. And now she expanding her praise for God what he has done to all people as whole. Generation, his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. So, his deep kindness and mercy manifest itself in the act of mercy to all those who fear him and respect him. Uh, it signifies not only the extent of the divine goodness to all people, but how it is continuous from generation to generation to the end of the ages. Then, from verse uh, 51, St. Mary, after she praised God for his mercy, his might, his holiness, now she is praising him for his justice and his power. Justice and power. She said in verse 51, He has shown strength with his arm, has scattered the proud in the imagination of their heart. The word his arm refers to the mighty power of God by which actually he brings things to pass. Like after he spreads the Red Sea, we read in Exodus chapter 15, uh, verse 16, the right hand of God has done wonders. So, even in the ten plagues in the land of Egypt was done by his hand, Exodus uh, chapter 3, verse 20. Uh, the destruction of Pharaoh and all his chariots in the Red Sea was also done by his arm, as we read in Exodus 15, verse 16. Then now she speaks about his justice. He has scattered the proud, the haughty men, the arrogant people, those who wish to be noticed in partiality. So, these people actually, who want to exalt themselves above all, God scatters them as a chaff, as a straw, as dust. He scatters them. They will not be in his sight. Uh, the best example is the scribes and Pharisees. They fell from their earthly glory because in their arrogance and pride they rejected to accept the Lord Jesus Christ. But the Lord will scatter them in the imagination of their hearts. Meaning what? While they are forming their proud tasks and makes plans, and laying their plans and imagine accomplishment and success, all these thoughts 
and waiting for all this to be done, here God actually will scatter them, will blow all their plans. So the plans will be scattered and blown together. He scattered the proud in the imagination of their own hearts. Verse 52, another reflection on the justice of God. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. St. Mary here speaks prophetically. This saying may allude to the destruction of the kingdom of Satan. Satan was an archangel and all his armies and the final prevalence of the kingdom of Christ. So the mighty will be put down from their thrones and the lowly, the little flock of Christ will be exalted. So the words have both literal and their spiritual fulfillment. Those who are humble and rely on God will be exalted. Those who trust in their own wisdom uh, and and believe in their own might will be uh, put down from their thrones. Verse 53. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. Rich here means those who trust in their own money or in their own uh, resources. So rich signifies those who are full, trusting their own resources. Rich here are the wealthy who are arrogant of mind and heart. And Sometimes they are the enemies of the poor and humble, and therefore they are enemies of God. So St. Mary here is speaking of the promise of God's ultimate justice, like in the story of Lazarus and the uh, rich man, how God actually sent this rich man empty and filled Lazarus. so St. Mary is speaking about God's ultimate justice for those who have suffered and those who have caused them to suffer. And she includes a quote from Psalm 107, verse 9, for he, has, for he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. God blesses the poor pities the needy, while he neglects those who trust in their earthly riches. Uh, Also, spiritually, those who are poor in spirit, God will bless them, as we read in the Beatitudes. Those who are hungry and thirsty for righteousness, God actually will fill them. But those who think they don't need the righteousness of Christ, I am righteous by my own deeds, God will send them empty. 
so up to this point, this hymn has been one of personal thanksgiving. But from verse 54, now she's speaking about Israel and the whole world. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. So from verse 54, we find that the soul of St. Mary is with her people, Israel. So, her joy in the great things which God has done for her rests also on the fact that these great things are for Israel too. So, when she became the mother of God and the Messiah incarnated in her womb, not only for her sake only, but for the sake also of her people, Israel, and the whole world. So, St. Mary concluding statement contains echoes of the promises from the Old Testament, the promises of the coming of the Messiah to save Israel and to save even the whole world, the Gentiles. So, St. Mary understands that her condition in Bearing the Redeemer, the Messiah, she is the mother of the Messiah, who is actually the heir of King David, and in the fulfillment of God's promise not to abandon his people. That's why she said, uh, in remembrance of his mercy. So God remembered his mercy, that he promised Abraham as he spoke to our fathers, to all the prophets as he spoke to Abraham and to his seed forever. So Jesus in her womb is the fulfillment of what God spoke to the fathers and to Abraham and to his seed. Uh, the seed of Abraham, as we, we read clearly in, the, in both Old Testament and the New Testament, not only the natural seed, but the spiritual seed. As we read in Galatians chapter 4, then uh, Paul explained, who are the children of Abraham? Not the children according to the flesh. That's why Ishmael was rejected. But the children according to the promise. That's why Isaac, who was born according to the promise, was chosen. So, who are the children of Abraham? Not the natural, but the spiritual. And if we speak about the spiritual seed of Abraham, then we are speaking about not only the Jews, but also the Gentiles to the end of the world. So, uh, the blessing actually that God promised Abraham is fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ. As we read in Galatians chapter 3, verse 8, and the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, in you all the nations shall be blessed. So actually, this hymn, we can divide it into three parts. The first part, 
from verse 46 to 50, St. Mary praises God for what he had done for herself. Second part from verse 51 to 53, she praises God for what he had done and would do against the oppressors of his people. He will send the uh, rich empty. He will put down the proud from their thrones. And the last part from verse 53 to 56, uh, she praises God for what he had done and would do for his church, Gentiles and Jews, the Christian who believe in him. Then verse 56, as we said, Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her house. She went back to Nazareth uh, three months. Now she, Elizabeth is full term and she's giving birth to John the Baptist. So Mary went back to her house. So actually, when do we celebrate the birth of John the Baptist? If we celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, January 7th, then the birth of John the Baptist would be July 7th. So actually, about maybe 40 days from today, we have the feast of the birth of John the Baptist on July 7th. This will conclude our Bible study tonight. I will give a quick short summary in less than 10 minutes in Arabic. احنا درس كتاب النهاردة عن زيارة أليسابات زيارة الست العذراء لأليسابات والحقيقة الزيارة دي مهمة لأن فيها أكتر من عقيدة مهمة جدا جدا في اللاهوت المريمي يعني عقيدتنا في السيدة العذراء أول حاجة بيقول فقامت مريم في تلك الأيام وذهبت بسرعة إلى الجبال إلى مدينة يهوذا ست العذراء كانت عايشة في الناصرة والناصرة دي في الجليل في الشمال فسافرت من الناصرة للسامرة لليهودية ده الجغرافيا بتاعت المنطقة دي السفرية دي تاخد حوالي 8 أيام وراحت بيت زكريا وسلمت على أليسابات أول ما سلمت أليسابات على أليسابات فلما سمعت أليسابات سلام مريم ارتقد الجنين في بطنها وامتلأت أليسابات من الروح القدس لأن ده سلام غير عادي لأن العذراء مين في بطنها سيد المسيح للمجد ابن الله فالسلام ده كان سلام غير عادي لدرجة أن الجنين في بطن أليسابات شعر بأن هو واقف أمام شخص غير عادي فأكوردنج زي تعبير أليسابات اللي امتلأت من الروح القدس يعني كل حاجة أليسابات هتقولها ده كلام الروح القدس الجنين ارتقد بابتهاج رأس في وطن أليسابات عشان كده بيشبهوا العذراء بتابوت العهد تابوت العهد كان فيه قصة المن اللي بيرمز المسيح لو حي الشريعة بيرمز المسيح عصا هارون اللي هي أفرخت من غير غرس ولا سق بيرمز لتجسد ابن الله من العذراء من غير زرع بشر فالعذراء هي تابوت العهد والله كان يظهر من زمان على غطاء التابوت فالعذراء هي الكرسي اللي حمل الله 
فبيقولوا زي ما داود النبي رأس قصاد تابوت العهد يوحنا المعمدان رأس قصاد تابوت العهد العذراء مريم عشان المسيح في بطنها داود النبي قال من أين لي هذا أن يأتي التابوت إلي وإليصابات قالت من أين لي هذا أن تأتي أم رب إلي التابوت قعد في اليهودية وقت تابوت العهد ثلاث تشهر والعذراء قعدت في بيت أليصابات ثلاث تشهر لغاية لما رجعت لبيتها تاني في الناصر فامتلت أي صبات من الروح القدس وصرخت بصوت عظيم إحساس ب ب ب بوحي الروح القدس فتكلمت بقوة وبصوت عظيم وقالت لها مباركة أنت في النساء الإصابات دي واحدة كبيرة في السن تمانينات أو أوائل التسعينات العذراء دي 14-15 سنة لكن حست إن, إن العذراء دي إن النهاردة تحمل الله الكلمة في أحشائها فقالت لها مباركة أنت في النساء ومباركة هي ثمرة بطنك طب عرفت منين أليصابات إنها حامل ده, ده لسه العذراء يعني في أول أسابيع بالنسبة لي يعني لسه الحمل ما أظهرش عليه يعني هي سمعت غبريال وراحت لو السفرية خدت تمن أيام يعني في أول أسبوع في الحمل ما بيظهرش الحمل لكن الروح القدس هو لها مباركة هي ثمرة بطنك ومش كده بس ده عرفت مين اللي في بطنها قالت لها فمن أين لهذا أن تأتي أم ربي إلي أم ربي دي العقيدة اللي احنا بنسميها عقيدة ثيقو توكوس نسطور قال اللي اتولد من العذراء ده إنسان عادي وبعد كده كان أقنوم الكلمة يحل عليه لكن احنا بنقول لا ده أقنوم الكلمة هو اللي حل في أحشاء العذراء عشان كده زي ما الملاك قال لها القدوس المولود منك يدعى ابن الله وهنا الإصابات قالت لها أم ربي فالكنيسة بناء على هذه الآية اللي قالتها الإصابات بالروح القدس أكدت عقيدة والدة الإله في أوتوكس وقالت لها طب أنا ليه بناديك أم ربي قالت لها أنا عندي إفدنس حين صار صوت سلامك في أذني ارتقد الجنين بابتهاك في بطن عمل حركة غير عادية أنا شعر بي وربنا كشف لها إنها الملك كلمها وبكلم العذراء وبشرها وهي قالت له هوذا أنا أمت الرب وأمنت كل ده روح قدس كشفه لها عشان كده قالت لها طوبة التي أمنت أن يتم ما قيل لها من قبل الرب فبقى الجزء ده مهم قوي عشان في عقيدة والدة الإله طب ترد العذراء ده عملت الدحة مباركة أنت في النساء ومباركة صمرة بطنك ومن أين لي هذا إنما العذراء بتدي المجد الربين إنسانة متواضعة فالعذراء قالت تعظم نفس الرب أنا ما استهلش كل ده ده أنا إنسانة ضعيفة ده أنا ماليش قيمة أنا إنسانة نظرة إلى اتضاع عمته أنا مين القدير صنع ميع عظائم مش كده أنا المجد لك يا رب كل المجد لك يا رب أنت اللي نظرت إلى اتضاعي وتبتهج روح بالله مخلص ودي العقيدة الثانية المهمة الله مخلص أخواتنا كاتوليك عندهم عقيدة اسمها الحبل بلا دمس إن العذراء 
ولد بيها من غير دنس الخطيه لو العذراء ولد بيها من غير دنس الخطيه مش محتاجه خلاص لكن هي العذراء نفسها بتقول وتبتهج روحي بالله مخلص الخلاص اللي هو عمله لي انا روحي بتبتهج بيه ما قالتش يعني الله المخلص قالت الله مخلصي فالعذراء نالت الخلاص زي اي واحد مننا هي اتولدت بالخطيه الاصليه وتعاقيدة الحمل بلا دنس دي عقيدة غير كتابية ولا نوافق عليها العقيدة الثالثة قالت فهوذا منذ الآن جميع الأجيال تطوبني هنا برضو العذراء تتكلم بالروح القدس ده في أحشائها الله الكلمة ممتال أبنى الروح القدس فاكرين الملاك قال لها إيه الروح القدس يحل عليك قوة العلي تظللك القدوس المولود منك يدعبنا الله فهنا لما العذراء تقول جميع الأجيال تطوبني ويجوا أخواتنا البرستانت يقولوا لا ما نطوبش العذراء ده ضد كتاب المقدس هي بتقول كل الأجيال تطوبني بنطوبها لأنها هي وليدة الله إن كان الله أرسل الملاك غبريال وقال له مباركة أنت في النساء السلام لك يا ممتلئة نعمة وإن كان الروح القدس دطق على فم أليصابات وقال له مباركة أنت في النساء يبقى كثير علينا إحنا إن إحنا نقول العذراء مباركة أنت في النساء أنا لا السلام لك يا عذراء كثير علينا كل الأجيال تطوتني العذراء في أول التسبيحة بتاعتها كانت تتكلم على عمل الله معاها شخصيا قالت القدير صنع بي عظائم واسم قدوس يعني كل المجد اللي عندي ده ده بتاع ربنا أنا لا أستحق منه شيء في تواضحة بتقول كده هو القدير اللي صنع بيه عظاء بس خلي بالكم ده مش معايا بس ده رحمته إلى جيل الأجيال الذين يتقون أي إنسان هيمشي في مخافة ربنا هينال من عظائم الله في حياته نقرأ في سفر الأعمال يقولك كانت الكنائس تسير في مخافة الله فكانت تنمو وتتزايد اللي عيش في مخافة ربنا ياخد بركة في حياته عشان كده يقولك رأس الحكمة مخافة الرب فالعذراء ليه ربنا صنع معها عظائم لأنها متواضعة ولأنها كانت تحيا في مخافة الله عشان كده صنع معها عظائم بعد كده العذراء تكلمت على كيف عدل الله يعني بعد ما مدحت ربنا على قوته وقدسته اسمه قدوس ورحمته قوته وقدسته ورحمته ابتدى العذراء تتكلم على عدله قالت شتت المستكبرين بفكر قلوبهم ما جابلهمش فكر من بره الخطط اللي هم بيعملوها هم هلكوا بالخطط بتاعتهم دي شتت المستكبرين فيه ليه؟ مش كده بقولك وعلى فهمك لا تعتمد اعتمد على ربنا لا تكن حكيما في عيني نفسك لما بكون حكيم في عيني نفسك أنا بقول لربنا من فضلك خليك بعيد أنا حل أموري بنفسي طب حل أمورك بنفسك شتت المستكبرين بفكر قلوبهم لكن لما أقول يا رب أنا ما عنديش حكمة أنا ما عنديش معرفة زي سليمان الدين يا رب حكمة ربنا داله حكمة لا أحد قبلي ولا بعدي خدها 
أنزل الأعزاء عن الكراسي ورفع المتضعين يعني ربما مثلا لو سألنا الكتب والفريسين المسيا هيجي منين يقول يمكن من عائلة رئيس الكهنة الفلاني ده إنما ربنا اختار بنت فقيرة غلبانة يتيمة من الناصرة مدينة لا يقولوا من الجليل يخرج شيء صالح وهي دي اللي ربنا اختارها يتجسد منها رفع أنزل الأعزاء عن الكراسي ورفع المتوضعين ده يعني يقولك يقاوم الرب المستكبرين وأما المتوضعون فيعطيهم نعمة فتوضعوا تحت يد الله القوي أشبع الجاع خيرات اجعوا العطاش إلى البر وصرف الأغنياء فارغين الناس اللي بتثق في أموالها زي ملاك كنيسة لوتكية قال أنا غني وقد استغنيت ولي لي حاجة بشيء قال له لا تعلم أنك أعمى وفقير وبائس وعريان فصرف الأغنياء الأغنياء هنا اللي بيثقوا في قدرتهم ولا يثقوا في الله لكن يقول رب أنا, أنا جوعان وعطشان إلى برك أنا رب كل بري وكل أعمالي لا شيء زي ما بيقول كتاب مقدس كنجاسة الطامض أنا رب لا شيء لكن هو برك أنا اللي جوعان وعطشان إليه طوبة لجاء عطشر البر لأنهم يشبعون فابتدت العذراء تسبحتها بتتكلم على عمل الله معها بعد كده ابتدت تتكلم على عمل الله مع أعداء ولاد ربنا الأعزاء والمستكبرين والأغنياء وبعدين تكلمت على عمل ربنا بقى مع أولاده عضد إسرائيل فتاة ليذكر رحمة ربنا وعد إبراهيم كما كلم أبائنا لإبراهيم ونسله وعدهم إن هو هيرسل المخلص بس مين إسرائيل ومين إبراهيم ومين نسل إبراهيم هل هم اليهود؟ لا نسل إبراهيم اللي هو النسل الروح لإبراهيم إن كنتم أولاد إبراهيم فعملوا أعمال إبراهيم مش كده في غلطية بولس الرسول يقولك إبراهيم كان عنده ابنين واحد مولود حسب قوانين الجسد إسماعيل والتاني مولود حسب الوعد اللي هو إسحاق طب مين اللي خد الموعد اللي مولود حسب الجسد ولا حسب الوعد اللي حسب الوعد عشان كده مين ولاد ربنا مين نسل إبراهيم الذين ولدوا ليسوا من دم ولا من مشيئة جسد ولا من مشيئة رجل لكن مولودين من الله فيبقى الجزء الأخير في تسبحتها بتتكلم على عمل الله مع كل ولاده اليهود والأمم اللي قبلوا المسيح كفادي ومخلص وملك لهم بعد ما ختمت العذراء قعدت عند أبي صباط ثلاث أشهر هي الرسوات كان حامل في السادس فثلاث أشهر يبقى كده وصلت للتاسع ناس بقى هيجوا يقعدوا مع أبي صباط ويعني وقت الولادة فالعذراء بقى إيه مش عايزة هي كان إنسانة هادية وما تحبش الهيصة والبهرجة وكده فعملت خدمتها في الثلاث أشهر اللي ما كانش حد موجود مع هذه المرأة العجوز فدلوقتي ناس هيجوا يحضر الولادة هي مشيت وسابت بقى كل الهيصة دي للناس اللي موجودة ورجع تاني إلى بيتها ده ينهي البيبل الصغير بتاعتنا النهاردة لإلهنا المجد الدائم إلى الأبد Thank <laughs> you.